0: a reading from the Holy Gospel according to Matthew. Peter approached Jesus and asked him, Lord, if my brother sins against me, how often must I forgive? As many as seven times? Jesus answered, I say to you, not seven times, but 77 times. That is why the kingdom of heaven may be likened to a king who decided to settle accounts with his servants. When he began the accounting, a debtor was brought before him who owed him a huge amount. Since he had no way of paying it back, his master ordered him to be sold along with his wife, his children, and all his property in payment of the debt. At that, the servant fell down and did him homage and said, please be patient with me and I will pay you back in full. Moved with compassion, the master of that servant let him go and forgave him the loan. When that servant had left, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a much smaller amount. He seized him and started to choke him, demanding, Pay back what you owe. Falling to his knees, the servant begged, Be patient with me and I will pay you back. But he refused. Instead, he had the fellow servant put in a debtor's prison until he paid back the debt. Now, when his fellow servants saw what had happened, they were deeply disturbed, and they went to their master and reported the whole affair. His master summoned him and said, You wicked servant, I forgave you your entire debt because you begged me to. Should you not have had pity on your fellow servant as I had pity on you? Then in anger his master handed him over to the torturers until he should pay back the whole debt. So will my heavenly Father do to you unless each of you forgives your brother from your heart. The Gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, Lord Jesus Christ. Back in Jesus's day, there was a very strange and I would say extremely illogical, extremely silly institution called the debtor's prison. And here's how it worked. If you owed me money, I would put you in prison until you paid back the debt. Now you can probably think why this is a very silly thing. How on earth are you ever going to pay me back if you're stuck in prison? Thank goodness we do not have debtor's prisons anymore. The sad thing though, is that we do, we do have debtors prisons. We have debtors prisons in our minds and in our hearts. When someone hurts us, when someone wounds us, we put them in the debtors prison of the dungeon of our heart. We take that person who's wounded us and in our imagination, we put them down in the, in the dungeon. We put them in the basement. We put them in the, in the debtors prison of our hearts. I will not let you go. You are going to stay there until every penny is paid. And it is as silly now as it was back then because the truth is in any jail cell, there are two people who are stuck at the cell. One of them is the prisoner at the bars, but there's another person on the other side of the bar. He's called the prison guard and he's stuck there too as long as he wants to keep the prisoner in the cell, he's stuck there too. And that's true for you and me. When we put someone in our debtor's prison, when we hold somebody in this angry place in our hearts, we remain imprisoned. We remain stuck there as well. And that's why Jesus in today's gospel is exhorting us to forgive. Well, that's all well and good, But I have found as a priest working with congregations all these years that the problem is not convincing you to forgive. The problem is that we don't know how sometimes. Sometimes we're so wounded or so angry or so hurt that we can't find our way to forgiveness. The kind of people who come to church and sit on the pew, they usually believe in forgiveness They want to forgive, and they also see the damage it's doing to them not to forgive. They see their own imprisonment, and yet they can't find a way to forgive. They really want to. They just can't get there. And so today, I'm going to give you five tips in five minutes. You ready? Hold on to your hat. Five tips in five minutes on how perhaps you might be helped in letting that person out of the debtor's prison, how you might be helped in finally releasing the person and forgiving the person. So tip number one, Jesus says that we have to forgive everybody. He doesn't say we have to trust everybody. I had this woman, I I worked in in a lay community one time And they were a very loving community, but of course they had their share of problems and we were dealing with some particular problems on this retreat one time. And the most loving of them all, she said with a great smile on her face to all the other group, all the other people in the group, she said, you know, I love each and every one of you. Some of you, I don't trust as far as I can throw you, but I love each and every one of you. And we knew that she was speaking the truth. You know, some people are trustworthy and they fail, they hurt us, they do something wrong because they're human and we can forgive them and trust them again. But other people sadly are not trustworthy and Jesus is not asking us to put ourselves in harm's way again. So we can, if necessary, forgive without trusting again. Tip number two, there are actually two kinds of forgiveness. There's forgiveness of the will and forgiveness of the heart. Forgiveness of the heart has to do with our emotions, emotionally finally forgiving. But forgiveness of the will is a decision. Just like love is an emotion, but it's also a decision, so with forgiveness. And Jesus doesn't hold us morally responsible for our emotions because they are largely out of our control. Jesus, if, if it's necessary, will be okay if we just perform forgiveness of the will. In other words, if we make a choice to wish that person well, if we make a choice not to seek revenge, if we make a choice to not in any way try to hurt that person, to get back at them, that is forgiveness of the will. And sometimes if we're not able quite yet to do forgiveness of the heart, we can start with forgiveness of the will. Number three, we tend to think about forgiveness the way we think about pregnancy. Either you're pregnant or you're not. Either you forgive or you don't forgive. The truth is it's much more complicated than that when it comes to forgiveness. The truth is we forgive in increments. And the more deeply we are wounded, the more increments it's going to take, the more slow, steady steps it's going to take. And the truth is, if it's a deep, deep wound that takes a long time, we're actually going to take two steps forward and one step back. Two steps forward and one step back. And it's going to take a long time. If you don't feel like you can forgive completely 100%, can you take the next small incremental step? Jesus will be very pleased if you do. Number four. St. Ignatius. St. Ignatius gives this advice. If you are seeking some grace from God that you don't currently have. St. Ignatius says this. He says, if you want some grace very badly and it hasn't come yet. He says, act as if you had the grace and pray as if you had the grace and it will come. The modern equivalent of that is fake it till you make it. What that means is if you want a grace and you don't have it yet, pretend you have the grace and then keep praying for it and it will come. How does that work with forgiveness? Then you adopt the attitude, the spirit of forgiveness, even if it hasn't come to your heart yet. I'm going to tell you a little personal story about a time when I was wounded several years ago. I was wounded uh, by my administrator, I was working at a high school and my administrator did not back me up when I was uh, in a difficult situation with one of the students. My administrator did not back me up and I felt deeply wounded by that, very hurt by that. And so I did this, I got this advice from somewhere else but I, I sat in my chair to do my morning prayer and I had a chair in front of me And in that chair, in my imagination, I put the person who wounded me, that administrator. I put him right there in front of me. And then in my imagination, I had a third chair, and Jesus Christ was sitting in that third chair. And I started my prayer, and I looked straight at the guy who wounded me, and I said this, I forgive you, I release you, I wish you well. I forgive you, I release you, I wish you well. And it wasn't true. In my heart, that guy was still in my debtor's prison. So I came back the next day and I did it again. And it took a long time, an embarrassingly long time. But one day I sat down and I looked that guy in the eye and I said, I forgive you, I release you, and I wish you well. And it was true. My heart had finally let him out of the debtor's prison. Number five, let's return to Jesus. Jesus in today's gospel tells this wonderful story about a king who who forgave an enormous debt to a servant who then double-crossed his fellow servant who owed a much smaller debt. It says that the servant who owed the king, he owed a huge, a huge amount. That is not a very accurate translation. It's, it's an inadequate translation of what the original Greek says. The original Greek says that the servant owed the king 10,000 talents. Talent was a unit of measurement for money. The servant owed the king 10,000 talents. One talent was an enormous sum that none of Jesus' audience had ever seen. One talent was an enormous sum. 10,000 talents was extraordinarily unbelievable, inconceivable in the minds of the people. We know how much a talent was in Jesus' day, and we've done the math, and here's what it is. It's going to blow your mind. This guy owed $100 million days labor, 100 million days labor. So when Jesus says this guy owed 10,000 talents, everyone burst out laughing because it's a ridiculous amount of money. It's as though Jesus said, there once was a king who had a servant who owed him a kajillion bazillion dollars, and everybody burst out laughing. They probably laughed even more when the servant said, just give me a little time and I'll pay back in full. This is ridiculous. It's a ridiculous amount. What is Jesus getting to here? Jesus is saying, who's the king? God the Father is the king. And he's saying that each and every one of us have received graces and blessings a kajillion, bazillion amount of times. That I am richly blessed a kazillion, bazillion amount. And if I have all of those blessings, Doesn't that make me wanna be generous and forgiving and indulgent with other people? Let's say my friend Juan owes me $5. And today I say, hey Juan, I want those $5. And Juan says, I'll get it to you tomorrow. But overnight, I win the lottery. Now I've got $20 million. Juan comes back with his five and I'll say, you know what? Don't worry about it. Keep the five because I have 20 million. This is the economy of grace in our lives. I have been blessed with a kajillion bazillion graces from God. And so, yes, of course, I forgive you. It's easy since I have been given so much by my Father. I did not make these five points in five minutes. Will you forgive me?